Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do, and as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. That's a quote by Marion Williamson. It's a quote that I've always loved, but it is a quote that I am just now learning to live by. It's a quote that reminds me that it's absolutely okay to take up space and to do so with confidence. Now, if you struggle in the area of self-esteem and confidence, I encourage you to listen to this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome to Ambitious as a Mother, the podcast. My name is Desiree Thompson and I am your host. I have no idea how you found your way here, but I am super excited to have you. In a world that tells us, especially women, that we can't have it all, I am here to encourage and empower you to ambitiously pursue all that God has in store for you. Each week, we will discuss topics unique to womanhood, motherhood, and purpose. Again, I'm super excited to have you. Let's get into the show. Hey guys, how is everyone? It is Desiree and welcome to episode two of season three of Ambitious as a Mother. I am so glad that you guys are joining me for this week's episode. How is everybody doing? Are you guys staying warm? Because it has been very cold around here lately. We definitely got tons of snow this week here in Arkansas where I live. And I have spent most of this week learning to survive the snow. We don't get it very often. And I really feel like here in Arkansas, we were like, we wasn't ready. We wasn't ready. (laughs) We were not prepared for all of the snow that we received. Now, we often get a little ice or sleet or a little cold rain. But as far as snow and the amount of snow, we don't get that often. So we were really just learning to cope in this cold, below freezing weather that we were introduced to this week. I am also very aware that while dealing with the snow was interesting for me here in Arkansas, I know that it was particularly difficult for people in some other states particularly Texas, and I know Louisiana had some issues as well. I wanted to take this time out to say that my heart goes out to each and every person, each and every listener that I have that lives in Texas, lives in Louisiana, each and every person. I know a lot of moms. I'm connected to a lot of mom groups on social media, and I am just, I'm praying for each and every one of you guys that had to not only deal with the snow, but had to deal with your electricity being off, your water not being cleaned, and had to do so while being a mom and figuring out how to keep your kids entertained, warm, and safe. I have been praying for you guys this entire week, and I will continue to pray for you guys because I know that even though the snow is melting, there's still a lot of rebuilding that has to take place. So I will continue to keep you guys in my prayers. With that being said, let's go ahead and jump into this week's episode of Ambitious as a Mother. 
As you guys know, we are now starting the podcast episode with another little fun segment called What You're Watching. And this week on What You're Watching, I want to talk about The Bachelor. That is what I have been watching. And me and my husband have been watching The Bachelor kind of as a tradition since the season with the first black bachelorette, Rachel Lindsay. We watched her season together and we have really watched almost every season since then. And I wanted to talk about this particular season and how it has really shifted my perspective on The Bachelor and The Bachelor franchise overall. So this season's Bachelor, his name is Matt James. He is a good looking guy and he will forever be known as the first black Bachelor. His season has been quite interesting so far And I really just wanted to talk about a few things that have been going on this season that, like I said, have really shifted my perspective. First of all, this season has been filled with a lot of drama. Me and my husband were actually very concerned that that might take place during the season of The Bachelor with the first Black Bachelor because, of course, there would be an increase in contestants of color being women of color. And we were very concerned that they would be perceived as catty or attitudish or rude or, you know, all of the things that often get categorized as it relates to being a woman of color. As a woman of color, I'm very familiar with the perspective that there is an entitled angry black woman with a bad attitude that doesn't get along with other black women and all of this aggression, you know, between black women, comparison, competitiveness. I'm very familiar with that perspective because that is often what's shown on television. And I was concerned that because there would be an increase in contestants being women of color, that that would be projected. And I was actually very correct. Rather than seeing the love stories that has taken place between Matt and his contestants of choice, we have been seeing tons of drama. Now, I will say some of the drama has not been just the women of color. And for that reason, I'm appreciative. But we have been so focused on the drama between the women that we are now almost at the end of the season. And all of the love stories between Matt and the women have been underdeveloped. We cannot really tell who he's interested in. We haven't seen him open up or pour his heart out to anyone. Normally, when we see him interacting with the women, he's using these canned lines like, oh, you're so easy to be around and I'm so comfortable being myself around you, blah, blah, blah. He says that to literally every person that he has a one-on-one with or anytime he is alone with a contestant. So we haven't really seen him completely open up or we haven't seen the contestants tell their stories or open up about really the things that they have going on. And I really feel like that does a disservice to the audience because at the end of this, he has to pick someone. And we have not been invested in the love story that he chooses to move forward with. And I just, I think that does a disservice for the entire show. Now, the particular episode that I watched this week I wanted to talk about that episode particularly, which means there are going to be spoilers. If you watch The Bachelor and you're not completely caught up, I am warning you right now. So the first thing that I was disappointed in this particular week is that he kept Serena P. Serena P is one of the contestants that um, Matt has shown interest in. And this week 
He did a one-on-one with her and they did tantric yoga. Tantric yoga is sexy yoga for those who don't know. And she was not into it. And I just couldn't see the romantic chemistry between the two of them. It really feels like both of them have put each other in the friend zone. And this late into the season, Matt, if you do not see yourself making babies with this woman and getting down on one knee, why continue to waste her time? This week, particularly, the people that he's choosing, he's going to meet their families. And I think it's a really important choice to make. And I see them having homie vibes. I don't see them romantically. So I was very disappointed by that choice. So there is a contestant on the show named Michelle. And that's my girl. She's athletic. She's very, she's beautiful. She's very intelligent. She's service minded. She's a teacher, I believe. And just everything about her, I'm like, oh my gosh, together you guys would be a power couple because he does a lot of service activities as well. Both of them really care about kids and just impacting the youth in a way that will ensure that, you know, our future is secure and that we're preparing kids for the future as well. So I've been rooting for her the entire time. However, I do believe in my heart of hearts that he is going to choose Rachel. Rachel is the only contestant that is not of color that is left. She is the only white woman who is left on the show. There is not a problem with Matt choosing a white woman. His mother is white. He has come to be familiar with a lot of people that are white. So it makes sense that he'd be attracted to white women. I'm not concerned about that. I don't dislike that. I don't have any problems with that. There were actually other white women this season that I thought that that he would choose, particularly Katie, who I was rooting for ever since she brought the dildo on the first day. (laughs) Sorry, guys. I know y'all know I love Jesus, but I I like a good time as well. So (laughs) she brought a dildo in on the first day and I've been rooting for her ever since. However, he recently sent her home as well. So it's not a thing about because he is the first black bachelor that he needs to choose a woman of color. It's particularly Rachel. Rachel has come out to have allegations. Well, I guess they aren't called allegations because they have been confirmed. But either way, Rachel has a sketchy past. She has different posts that allude to the fact that she's racially insensitive, that she struggles with being an anti-racist, that she actually promotes ideals and thoughts that would contribute to racism. Some of those things have included her being around or taking pictures with the Confederate flag, her being dressed up on a plantation celebrating the days of slavery, her making racially insensitive comments to people that she's come to know in the past. All of this has come up while she has been on this season of The Bachelor. People from her hometown have been pretty much calling her out because if I wasn't clear, Matt James is the first black bachelor. So a lot of people have been concerned about the fact that she has been involved in so much racially insensitive stuff and now is on The Bachelor with Matt James. And they are alarmed, first of all, and they are concerned about Matt and his decision to potentially be with her. I've said a lot. And... I have shifted my perspective as it relates to the Bachelor franchise and if I will continue to support the franchise overall, because while it's great to celebrate the first Black Bachelor 
and have Matt James as, you know, the face of the franchise for now, if there are not some serious shifts in perspective as it relates to the franchise overall, we will continue to have problems like this. Just last year, we were having issues with Hannah Brown, who was a a bachelorette, saying the N-word. And that's problematic behavior. If the franchise is continuing to attract people who are racially insensitive and have problematic behavior, then there's something wrong with the franchise. And we really need to take a look at why this franchise is attracting this group of people and why they're not speaking out and saying that, hey, this is not okay, and this is not behavior that we accept or behavior that we are going to stand for. So with that said, with all of that being said, I am not going to be recommending you guys to watch The Bachelor. If you want to watch it and if you want to DM me about it, feel free. I have no problem talking about it. But I am going to be shifting away from supporting The Bachelor franchise. And I would not feel comfortable telling you guys to support a franchise that I'm really not believing in at this point. So you can watch it if you choose, but it is not a recommendation from your girl. Don't forget, whatever you are watching, slide into my DMs because your girl wants to know what you're watching. All right. So now it's time to get into this week's topic. And the topic for this week is confidence. So uh, the quote that I am going to use comes from my forever first lady, Michelle Obama, who is literally... She is just confidence personified. She represents confidence so well. And so to have her be the person that's giving this quote, I saw that she said it in literally almost anything she says, I believe. So I wanted to use this quote in this podcast. It says, your success will be determined by your own confidence and fortitude. So confidence is a feeling of self-assurance arising from one's appreciation of one's own abilities And it's also someone being certain about the truth of something. So here are a few myths as it relates to confidence. Number one, confidence is only external. So a lot of people look at confidence and they think, of course, she's confident. She's pretty. She's tall. She's slender. She's whatever the world has made us believe was attractive, right? And so we have limited confidence to only mean that we are confident about our external, what we look like. But confidence is so much more than what we look like. Also, we have become accustomed to the idea that confidence is something that we project, not something that we internalize. So I want us to to disbar that myth. Confidence is, first of all, starts from the inside and then it exudes from us. It's not something that starts from the outside and then melts in. You have to be confident about what you bring to the table. You have to be confident about who you are. You have to be confident about your values. You have to be confident about your strengths. You have to be confident about your weaknesses. You have to be confident overall And then that will exude into how you are perceived externally. And then it'll also boost how you look externally as well. Because if internally you have confidence and you know that you are worth something, then you are going to do whatever it takes to take care of yourself externally to be the best version of yourself that you can be both internally and externally. Another myth about confidence that I have come to believe and that as I've gotten older, I have been intentional 
to disbar. We have come to believe that confidence is a masculine trait, that it is not ladylike to be confident, that you will not get a man if you are an overly confident female. So the idea is that if you are so confident, then you don't leave a room or don't leave enough room for a man to be a man. And that is absolutely not true. Confidence is not a masculine trait. You can be a woman and you can still be confident. You could be confident and graceful. You can be confident and still need support. Just because you're a confident woman doesn't mean that you don't have room to be supported and cared for. You can still be confident and still have space for a man to come into your life and be a man. It is not only men that have to exude their confidence and their certainty about themselves in the world. And I believe that if we hold on to this myth, then women will allow themselves to be labeled and defined by the men that they are attached to rather than their internal confidence that they've developed on their own. Another myth about confidence that we've learned throughout life is that we have not been able to differentiate the difference between confidence and arrogance. It is absolutely okay to be confident and it is a way to present your confidence in a way that is not arrogant. Arrogance is the certainty about abilities that you do not have and about values and truths that are not true for you. When you are arrogant, you leave no room for the idea that you might have weaknesses or you might have gaps or you might have things about you that are not necessarily your strengths or the most favorable things. When you are confident, you are willing to say, this is what I'm strong in. This is where I, I can bring things to the table and this is where I need support. This is where I need help. This is not my strongest suit. So when you are confident, you have self-assurance, which means you are sure of the things you bring to the table. You appreciate your abilities. But when you appreciate your abilities, you recognize that there are still things that you're not necessarily the best at. So confidence and arrogance are not the same thing. Arrogance is puffed up. Arrogance is prideful. And that is not anything that I am projecting that we should be. I definitely think that we should be confident and walk in our skills, our gifts, and our abilities, but still leaving room for others to come in and support us and still leaving room for God to be God. With that being said, another myth about confidence is that confidence is not godly, that the only way to be godly is to be Humble. And I I believe that humility is a thing. I do believe that we should walk in humility, but humility and confidence can be mutually inclusive. You do not give up confidence to walk in humility. Walking in humility is that area of saying, I need support here because I recognize this is not my strength. Walking in humility is saying, hey, This is where my strengths end and this is where God makes up for my weaknesses. That is walking in humility, walking in denial of the areas that you are good in. That is not humility. That is not what God has called us to. I remember listening to a sermon here recently, Pastor Darius Daniels, who I have come to Love as a pastor and as a preacher because he's always breaking down the word in a way that is super practical. And he was talking about the area of humility. And he said, glorified low self esteem 
is not humility. Low self-esteem is is when you don't have confidence in in your abilities. That's what low self-esteem is. And often as Christians, we glorify that and say, oh, yes, I'm walking in humility. No, you are not. You are in denial of the gifts that God gave you. And you are walking in low self-esteem. Walking in humility says, these are the gifts that I have that God has blessed me with. These are my areas of strength. But I also have spaces in my life where I need God to be God. So we have to really understand that confidence and humility can coincide together. All right. Now that we have talked about this week's topic, which is confidence, let's go ahead and shift our perspective with the fix. We are going to try to look at confidence from God's perspective. So I'm going to read Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 through 36. And you guys, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified version. Normally, I read NLT, but the Amplified version really blessed me. So I wanted to share that version of this scripture with you guys. It says, Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it has a glorious and great reward. For you have need of patient endurance to bear up under difficult circumstances without compromising, so that when you have carried out the will of God, you may receive and enjoy to the full what is promised. Ain't that good, y'all? Literally, the Bible tells us not to throw throw away our confidence. The Bible tells us to hold on to it because it's going to end up giving us a glorious and great reward. So you need your confidence, sis. It's not something that you need to let go of so that you can make room for some man. Or it's not something that you need to uh, appear to be humble in areas where you actually are strong. You don't need to shrink. You don't need to make yourself small. We need to be confident in what God has said to us, what God has called us, the gifts God has given us. We need to be confident in those things because that is the way that we're going to access the reward that he has promised us. Also, it says that your confidence is necessary for endurance because life is going to throw things at us. Life is going to have hurdles, have obstacles. There will be days that will not be easy. And if you crumble under the hard times that we are sure to face, then you are not going to be able to move forward in your assignment. You're not going to be able to move forward towards the promise. So our confidence gives us endurance. When you are faced with a problem, there are certain problems. Now, I don't want the Christian folks to get me, okay? But there are certain problems that you need to get off of your knees about and go and tackle because you already have the strength. You already have what's necessary to solve that problem. If you were more confident about the things that God has already gifted you with, and the revelations that he's already made you privy to, then you would know that it's not prayer that's going to solve this problem. It's actually putting into action what you already know and what is already inside of you. But the problem is often we are not confident about the things that are already inside of us. And so we crumble the very first time that we are tested. We crumble and we fall beneath the test because we do not have confidence about what's inside of us. That confidence builds endurance. If you are confident about something, there is not anything anybody can tell you about that thing. The definition of confidence itself says certain about the truth of something. And I am certain about a few truths. 
I am certain about what God has called me. I am certain about what God believes about me. And I am certain that even if I can't take you, devil, God can. So I feel like if we have that confidence, then we are going to be able to endure many of the tests and trials that we will be faced with. You have to be confident in your gifts, not because of you, but because who gave you those gifts, right? If we recognize that God is the giver of gifts and talents and personalities and strengths, then we will be confident that God doesn't waste anything. Isn't that what I told y'all last week? He's not going to waste gifts and talents on you and not give you the opportunity to use them. And so let's look at these tests and trials as opportunities to flex. Flex those gifts, flex that personality, flex those strengths because of who God is and the fact that he gave them to us. We need to also be confident about what he has said to us. That confidence will give us the courage to be able to hold on to the truth, even when we feel that it's fleeting. So confidence increases your faith. Confidence leads you to the promises of God and confidence will build your endurance. And so if we shift our perspective to viewing confidence the way that God does, we're going to disbar all of those myths. We're going to recognize that it has nothing to do with the world. It has nothing to do with what's on the external. It has everything to do with God. It has everything to do with what he's given us and what he said about us. It's not a masculine trait. It's a trait for all people, all creations of God. It's not arrogance. It's not ungodly. It's something that he celebrates and something that he rewards. So I want you guys to really hold on to that truth as you're thinking about confidence. And I want to encourage you guys, if you are struggling with low self-esteem, to get into God's word and, and recognize and realize what he says about you so that you can be confident in those things. All right. That's the end of the episode, you guys. We've covered all of the segments, but now, of course, it's time for me to pray with and for you guys. So as always, if you're able, please bow your heads. Lord, Heavenly Father, first of all, thank you. Thank you for this time that I've been able to spend talking to these ladies. Thank you for each and every ear that's connected to this podcast. Thank you for being God. And I thank you that when it's difficult to have confidence in ourselves, that we can have confidence in you. And the more that we learn about you and your character and who you are and your faithfulness and your grace and your mercy and all of the things about you, God, the fact that you love us so, when we learn those things, it becomes easier to have confidence in ourselves because we know that we are your children. And God, if we are connected to you in any way, we can have confidence in who we are because of our connection to you. So God, I pray for any, la any lady or any person who is struggling right now in the area of low self-esteem. Help her to see herself the way that you see her. Help her to have confidence in her strengths and in her gifts. And for any woman who is right now shrinking to make space for other people in her life, I pray that you will elevate her and I pray that you will give her the courage to let her light shine. God, the Bible talks about who lights a lamp and puts it under a bushel. God, you do not give us gifts for us to hide those gifts. You don't give us strengths and personality for us to keep them in a closet. You give us those things to put on display, God. 
And so for the lady who is hiding herself, who is shrinking herself, who is burying her talents, God, I pray right now that you will just remove that from her so that she will display all of the gifts that you've given her, display all of the strength, display all of the things about her that you have blessed her with in confidence, God. And I pray that she will be liberated from the idea that it would be perceived as arrogance that it would be perceived as pride. Liberate her from that idea, God, because as long as she is rooted in you and as long as she is continuously acknowledging that she is who she is because of her connection to you, then God, if people perceive it as arrogance, then that's on them. Because God, you have liberated us to be able to walk in all that we are and all that you have created us to be. God, right now, I pray for each and every person that was negatively impacted by the snowstorm that happened recently. We know that you have all things in your hand, God. You are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And so we pray that you'll provide for the people that have had to go without here in the last week or so. I pray that you'll provide for them and open up doors for them and provide them with comfort and a way to take care of their families. God, right now, electricity might be coming on for a lot of people, but there's still so much that they have to deal with. And I pray that you'll be with them. I pray that you'll show them favor. I pray that you will open God-like doors for them and their family so that they can begin the process of restoration. I pray that you will be involved in that process in such a way that you will draw them closer to you, God. It is in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Will you do me a favor? If this episode empowered you or blessed you in any way, will you share it with someone? Also, provide a rating on iTunes, and since I love feedback, feel free to leave a review. I would love to connect with each and every one of you, so you can find me on Instagram at Desiree Catrice, and I'm also on Facebook, Desiree Catrice. Thanks for listening, and I hope to see you next week.